0: Chapter 18 and verse number 41, we're going to read through the passage of Scripture that we started with last year, and uh, we're going to be going through that, 1 Kings chapter number 18, verse number 41, and then kind of looking at the overview and then narrowing in on some things here this morning. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 41, and Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that He said, Behold, there riseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Thank you, Lord, for this, your word. I pray that you help us this morning to see what Elijah did that was different than everybody else in that time of celebration and fulfillment and blessing, Uh, he took a very different path. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us to see that, focus in on that, and emphasize the preparation by sacrifice today. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to uh, uh, focus in on what we need to, help me to say the things that I need to say and refrain from things that I need to uh, just leave out. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd just be with us these next few moments. We ask that your blessing be upon this service and upon the the reading and the hearing and the receiving of God's word today. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) Verse number 42 is what I'd like to focus in on. Ahab went up to eat and a drink. But then it says, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. He prayed. Others were getting ready for the bounty from heaven, but Elijah went to pray. We're talking about preparing for divine movement in 2020. That's what the theme is for our church this coming year. We said, and we started with uh, uh, explaining this a little bit last week, about uh, there's three or four sections of the passage passages, sections of the, the year that we'd like to go, go ahead and focus in on. One is preparing by faith. In uh, verse number 41, it says, Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there was a sound of abundance of rain when there was no sound. There wasn't anything. There wasn't any evidence at that point. Now, there would be, but he said there's sound of abundance of rain when it was before there was. This was in anticipation of divine action and the Lord moving and progress, uh, prog- uh, progression from the Lord. We cannot expect to grow without preparation and planning for growth. Of course, this has got to happen before we can even see the evidence. Acting upon God's promise and fidelity by faith. And so this is acting by faith. And then we said that this is preparation by sacrifice. The verse this morning that we're focusing in on verse number 42. Ahab went up to eat, but then it says, and Elijah, he went... He cast himself down upon the earth and his face between his knees, and he prayed. Others were enjoying and eating and resting, but Elijah sacrificed the norms to see the divine move. Somebody, somebody must prepare, plan, plan and pray and execute for others to enjoy and to have victory. And then they kept at it. We saw persistence in verse 43. He says, go check, and there was nothing. Go check again. Seven times. Keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. And then... Had they not uh, prepared to see the Lord's blessings, then there would be no victory. And so they prepared by their persistence. They paved the way and won the day. So we've got to prepare for victory. Last week, we introduced our annual theme of preparation by starting uh, in verse number 41, talking about the sound of abundance of rain, even though it had to be noted by faith. Because there there wasn't any evidence at that point, there wasn't any sound when he said there is a sound, but he, he was speaking about what was coming, the sound of rain when there was no rain. It came by the promise of God. We said that divine abundance is, it's big, it's awesome, it's more than what we need or could even use. And it was needed and it was wanted and it was promised by the Lord. And we're looking forward to a great year of divine promise to those connected to him this year and the year 2020. So gentlemen, if you pass out the pamphlets, we have some vision pamphlets that I'd like to have every family or family unit. We only have so many, so let's uh, take uh, the family units. Uh, if you're here or maybe a single, you, you represent a family yourself, then we'd ha- like to have uh, uh, one per family unit to to receive the the uh, um, uh, uh, prepare booklets. Within that, you'll see the calendar that we uh, gave last week, you remember, we noted uh, this m- m- month in January, Vision Sunday, and we're having our annual business meeting later, and then the couples retreat and so on, and we went through the calendar and kind of looked at some of the things that are coming up. And of course, today on the 12th is our Vision Sunday. In the in the pamphlet, if you take a look at it, our 2020 vision in First Kings chapter, uh, 1, uh, in chapter eighteen verse number forty one our theme text, Elijah said, "Get up for there 's a sound of abundance of rain even before any evidence of god 's involvement and so we 're looking forward to this year and if you take a look at on into the the booklet uh, the uh, next page is uh, uh, speaking about our nursery ministry. now each one of these leaders and we 'll have some of our our select teachers to tonight we're going to continue. We don't have the time to, to cover all of this right now, but tonight we'll hear from each one of these leaders to give their uh, their uh, uh, status of their ministry that they're over, if they have needs, that kind of thing, and, and to kind of let us know where we can be plugged in. I'm looking forward to tonight because it's going to be a, 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 an overview of the entire church and the different ministries. Looking forward to that. So we're going to be hearing from Christine, Greg, uh, Greg uh, tonight for over the uh, nursery and then you have uh, the children's ministries. We'll hear from my wife, from uh, Brother Mike McTurnan, Brother Zach Hansrud, about the the things that are taking place in the children's ministries, the junior services, the Wednesday night kids club. And then the next page, we have teen ministry, and we, we we've asked asked you to pray about that. And uh, by the way, I, I have already just uh, gotten to really enjoy this young couple. Uh, Landon and Marissa, they are, they're, they're top-notch. You need to get to know them while they're here today. And he, and he will be preaching tonight, so you get a little bit more to, to uh, uh, see him and, and get to know a little bit about he and his philosophy and that kind of thing. I want you to, to get to know him, and, and don't tell me what you think about him while they're here. Wait till they leave, okay? And then, but we're praying about that. We're praying that the Lord would, would lead us and guide us, and we're looking forward to that. I'm telling you what, folks, we've got a great teen department. Some strength and some potential in that group. I mean, it's just so awesome, and and we really need to put some some focus into that. and And the Lord has blessed uh, the last few years with uh, uh, Mayfield's done such a great job, such a great job with our teenagers. I'm looking forward to some great fruit from that that ministry. And then you look on the next page. We have the adult ministries, the classics, and that's the the older folks, which. I'm fitting into that class nowadays, and I don't want to, but I think I'm there. But uh, uh, then there's uh, the college and career, and we don't have listed here the, the adult teachers in our elective classes, and that just started our first class this year, or this week, In and we we go by quarters, and we, we change that in Roman Sunday every, every quarter, and then we have different classes that are offered, and those are not listed here. And then the next is our music ministry, folks, listening to the choir and hearing the the uh music that we heard today wow it's just it's awesome it's just wonderful i thank the lord for the for the the uh, the the focus and the attention put into our music ministry that we have it's just it's just uh, over and above it's just wonderful um, brother dj you can't only sing like that but you can play the piano that's wrong for somebody to be able to to be that talented and uh Lamar said that he doesn't forgive you for not singing at his wedding. I don't forgive you either because he had to sing and that wasn't really good. (laughs) No, actually, he didn't sing. He was too nervous to sing that day. But (laughs) Uh, but, uh, with the with the music ministry here, folks, I'm telling you, I I am so excited about uh, what God has given us here and. She's wonderful. I, I love that choir. I, you know, We've not had the choir sing for a couple weeks, we've been playing hooky or something, but anyway, uh, now singing this morning, it's just such a good thing to see that choir, and uh, today we have a, a special treat with having Dan- Danielle in the choir, too. She's back visiting, and uh, she's away for a little bit, and will come back to us, but boy, it's good to see Danielle again. We need to get somebody as unplugged as she is around here, so anyway. Anyway. Um, and then our outreach ministry—we'll be hearing a little bit from Brother Jason tonight about that about reaching out to this community. And uh, folks, I am looking forward to this coming year. Now, with the uh, the logo and uh, the calendar and all that, you know, you might not understand what's uh, going on here, but then you see the uh, the uh, banners on, on both sides here, and then you can kind of get what it is, what the theme is. Here's this this uh, uh, man with. His hands, and it looks like he's got some uh, lice or something. Whatever's going on there, how many? How many get it? How many understand what's going on there? Yeah, when 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 there's somebody an Olymp, Olympic uh, a high bar person or somebody that in, in sports they, they powder their hands with I don't know if it's chalk or something like that. Sometimes there's there's uh, uh, mountain climbers that will that will powder their hands before they get they they've got to prepare for the work ahead of them. And, folks, that's what it's about. We're preparing for the Lord to do some great things this year, and I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so uh, if you want to put those things away this week, we'll note that although everybody else was... Ushered to the celebration of the abundant rain, the blessings of God in our text, when after three and a half years, there was drought three and a half years there was famine, and it got to the place to where they they needed to hear from God and and find out what, what you know god's perspective on things and then the 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 silence was broken in our text. And that was, even before we read the passage this morning, was right prior to that, was the Mount Carmel experience, breaking the three and a half years of famine. Elijah took a different path than everybody else. Everybody else was waiting for the blessings of God to to pour, the, the, the rain to come. He directed others to enjoy the blessings while he excused himself to take the heavy lifting of communing with God for those divine blessings. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41, the Bible says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. That's what they did. And it says, And Elijah, but we could say, But Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and he cast himself down. Everybody else is going up and, and enjoying and, and celebrating for the, for the blessings to fall. But no, Elijah cast himself down and put his face between his knees and he had some heavy lifting. He had some, some serious uh, intercession, intercessory prayer to, to uh, take place at that point. Everybody got ready for God to move in a marvelous way. But Elijah, he himself left the celebration to pray for them to pray for God's will and for heavenly prosperity. Somebody had to do it. Folks, somebody had to prepare the way for God's blessings. If it wasn't for Elijah, this would not have happened. Somebody had to be the one to connect with God and to be the interceder for the wayward community. Somebody had to dedicate themselves for the others, for victory, for God's blessings, for God's will. So you want to see God come through for your spouse. You're married to someone who you're concerned about spiritually. Maybe you don't see a spiritual spark or you don't see the spiritual growth that should be there and you're concerned about it. Or maybe you have a teenage child or one of your children that you don't, you don't see that spark. You're concerned about them. You're worried about their eternal destiny. You're worried about them getting it. Or maybe you have a, a wayward brother or an unsaved uncle or your lost neighbors or your confounded coworker who's so far away from God, but you love them and, and you're among them and you want to see them to be reached for Christ. Who do you think is going to intercede for them? Who do you think that God is going to use to do the heavy lifting in prayer for them? Who do you think is the one to to uh, uh, be chosen to to prepare the way? Who do you think God will use to reach your husband or your wife? Well, that's you. Of course, that's you. So how many believers have a a clear testimony of God's love and obedience to the word of God in your school? At your work? In your extended family? How many people know the Lord and they follow the Lord and it's clear they have a great testimony? Probably not many. Folks, we we live in a society that is wicked, um, biblically illiterate, people that are are just lost. They don't know. They they don't know up from down spiritually. Who do you think that God wants to use to reach them? You. God wants to use you. You're the one that he will or or will... uh, will use to, to reach your coworkers, your fellow students, your family. When I was in high school, got saved when I was a junior in high school. And um, I didn't know a Christian. I was in a high school that I fit very well in with the rebellion and the, the wickedness and the immorality and the drugs. I was, I was right in that culture. Getting high with my friends and, and that it was, it was, everything was going great. And then I get saved and I'm like, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, just out of place. All of a sudden I want to, I want to serve God. All of a sudden the Lord changed my direction, my, my desire, my path, my destiny. And, and I want to honor the Lord and I want to serve Him. And I look around and I did not know a Christian. I did not know in the, in the, uh, um, 5,000, 4,000 or 5,000 that were going to my high school. I did not know a believer outside of my own sister and my family. And I'm looking around to all of these people, 600 in my graduating class. And I didn't know a believer. And you know what? The Lord is laying on my heart. You know, you got to be a witness. And I'm going, yeah, right. Uh, have fun with that, Lord. I don't know how you're going to reach these these people, but somebody needs to. And the Lord's saying, um, "Excuse me, how about you?" And I'm saying, "Yeah, but God, I can't do that. I mean, I was not, I was not in the, you know, the the popular crowd, and I was not, you know, uh, in high school it, it could be brutal. And I'm, I'm going, I, I can't do that. And the Lord's saying, "Who, who do you think I'm going to use?" Does anybody else hear me? Does anybody else hear my word, and, and and take direction from me? Are you listening? I'm saying yes, Lord, I'm listening. But and He says I want to use you, and I'm going. Yeah, but God, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do this? And He said, Listen, they need a witness. You're my witness. You're the you're the one in the tower. You're the one to give warning. You're the one that 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 I will use if you. If you allow me to, if you make yourself available, if you uh, surrender yourself to my use, I want to use you. And I'm going, Lord, what a big task! I don't know what I'm going to do here. But but I I realized, listen, I'm I'm the only one. It's there's nobody else. So I started witnessing. I started I I made a pact with with myself in that senior year. I was going to try to witness to every one of my graduating class. Many of those I had gone through uh, uh, grade school and, and elementary school, and now in high school together. many I did not know they're from different places in that area. Chicago is a big place, some bust in and so and i 'm going, well, if there are no other believers, yeah and you know what I found when I started witnessing, I came across other believers. I give a, a, a track to somebody and they say, "Oh rich, how about that?" I'm, I'm a believer too. I, I know the Lord had been born again. Oh, really? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Fill me in on this. I was lost. And by the way, I was lost, lost. I mean, I was not like, you know, okay, you know, nice, you know, uh, righteous. No, no. I was lost, lost in the wrong crowd. Looked like a Motley Crue kind of, you know, guy. And, and, and here I'm saying, you, you never told me. Hey, what happened here? You never told, you mean you know about the Lord and I'm giving you a track now in my senior year and you've known the Lord for years and you never told me about it? I mean, nobody witnessed. Nobody nobody shared their faith. And I'm thinking, I guess I'm the only one. I would not go home until I made sure to, to witness to somebody, give the gospel to some, one of my friends. And all of a sudden I realized I was there not because of uh, the classes and because of the geometry and the English, and for, but I was there because God placed me in that middle of that mission field that I needed to reach. And folks, I'm pastoring today because the Lord used that in my life to, to, to uh, help me to open up my eyes to realize, hey, God wanted to use me. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse number 14. The Bible says, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife or the believing wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the Christian husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy? Huh? Verse 16. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? When when Paul says, okay, here in a Christian home, you have children that are sanctified. Oh, that means they're special in some way? No, no. That word sanctified is, it, you know, in the Old Testament, there's just one word that is used for sanctified. In the New Testament, it's just one word that's used for sanctified. I don't know how I can pronounce it. In Hebrew, it's kadash or something like that. It's holy or consecrated. It means pure or clean or cleansed. The New Testament word hagiadzo is to make holy or purify or ceremonial cleanse or consecrate. What that means is to set apart for God to use. Sanctified. Set apart that, that God will specially focus on this one. And that's what the word means. Sanctified. According to Paul, children in a Christian home were somehow sanctified. That doesn't mean automatically saved. No, no. But they're set apart to be specially worked on by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because of the believer in the home. Because somebody praying for them. Because of the the exposure to the word of God. Listen, that kid is going to have exposure to the word of God if there's a parent that that is concerned about that person. (coughs) Exposed to the word and the engagement of the spirit of God. Folks, the Bible does say faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So the more exposure the per- the person has to the Word of God, the better. Uh, some years ago, we had uh, a gal that was uh, teaching Sunday school in-, in this church, and she was married to a lost man. And this is what she would do. She would learn the lesson for her you know, uh, third graders or whatever, and uh, uh, get it prepared, and then she'd ask her husband, hey, honey. Uh, sit down, listen, and, and tr- critique me. I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, you, you, need to under- <laughs> you need to help me out to, to be a good teacher. So she would take, every, every week, she would take a lesson that she's going she <laughs> to lay out the gospel clearly, you know, about salvation, and then, and then teach it to him. And he'd say, well, yeah, I, I understand that. Or that was, a, you know, and every, you know why? She wanted him to hear the gospel. And you know what? In that sense, He was sanctified. See, God could, could work on that guy more because of the exposure of the word of God. Hey, listen, folks, God wants to use you. He wants to use <coughs> me <coughs> for the, the, the uh, uh, situation of reaching others for Christ. You know what? I, mean, I always have water here, <laughs> but this, this week I got five guys running for water. Thanks. brother Jeff, if you want to just throw me one of those, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> God wants to use you folks. He wants to use me for for use of that. (laughs) Thanks, but Rob for being sanctified. (laughs) And it's cold. How did you do that? (laughs) Must have kept it near your heart. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that terrible? That's such a good thing for me, that I cut him down. I don't, I'm, I'm kidding, Brother Rob. <laughs> oh, no, yesterday we were really concerned about Amy because... Uh, after the, the wedding, we were at the reception and she had this incident where she kind of lost memory. We went to the emergency room and then uh, my wife and I saw her afterwards and everything's fine, everything's good and, and no problem. Thank the Lord, it wasn't like a stroke. It was He, he called it like something where you would lose memory or whatever and it's kind of weird, kind of rare, but you'd lose memory for things. And So I'm sitting there, I'm listening to the doctor tell her that some of the things in the wedding you probably won't remember because it just happens that way. And then after the doctor left, I said, well, Amy, you probably wouldn't remember these things because you were there, but uh, you probably don't remember when after, you know, I pronounced them husband and wife, Rigo kissed the bride and he was so overwhelmed that he fainted and he fell and he, and he hit his head on the, on the uh, unity candle and it caught Journey's uh, dress on fire. Yeah, you know, you don't remember that, do you? And she goes, oh, pastor, you're, you're messing with me. Anyway, uh, all right, where where am I? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Uh, uh, we're talking about being sanctified or specially used because of our input. Who do you think that God's going to use you in your class? Who do you think that God's going to use at your workplace? You know, where, where you know the Lord and you're listening to him and, and you've got a testimony, who do you think that God wants to use? With your family members, if if not you, then, then who? See, you're the one to do the heavy lifting of intercessory prayer. That's what Elijah was all about. He, he prayed. That was the job of Elijah, Romans 11.2. Uh, God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Watch ye not that the scripture saith of Elias. This is the Old Testament, Old Testament Elijah, New Testament spelling. He's talking about him, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel. He was the one that prayed for, for uh, uh, Israel and prayed against the enemies of Israel. He was the one that, that made intercession. He's, he's known because of his prayer. We, too, are called upon to pray. First Timothy 2, verse number 1, I exhort, therefore, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all who are in authority, that we may lead a, a quiet and peaceable life. Listen, we're called upon to pray. We're called upon to prepare hearts, to allow God to prepare hearts and that's the people that are around us. Listen, without Elijah's heavy lifting of the spiritual labor, the preparation for divine victory, bold proclamation of God's word, a patient waiting on God to soften and prepare hearts for those three and a half years of of famine, of, of drought, the fearless confrontation of wicked Ahab and the intense, fervent prayer of supplication for the people, as the Bible says in James, he prayed earnestly, If we hadn't had that, if Elijah didn't prepare the way, then there would be no victory that day. Everyone else benefited from God's unleashed blessings while Elijah prepared the way. We'll see similar dynamics of the lives of God's people throughout the word of God. Somebody needs to lay the groundwork. Somebody needs to do the heavy lifting. Some Bible examples of groundwork laid, preparation for blessing, have Eleazar in Second Samuel chapter twenty-three, verse number nine, and after him was Eleazar. This is talking about uh, David's mighty men, just one of the soldiers. What a, what a category of all the soldiers here in David's uh, uh, elite forces, and he, this guy named Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of three of the mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle. I think one of the reasons why he was one of the mighty men is because his dad was named Dodo. <laughs> Could you imagine that on the playground? <laughs> Your daddy's Dodo. Yeah, no, it ain't. well, yeah, he is, but... <laughs> anyway, so here it says, now look at what it says. <laughs> Come on, guys, stay with me here, Okay. <laughs> Look what it says about him in verse number nine. And the men of Israel were gone away. Here's this man, this, this, this soldier. He was one of the elite, and this is why he was. The men of Israel were gone away. Verse 10. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword. They, they, they had to pry his fingers off of the sword after the battle. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. See, somebody needs to lay the groundwork. Somebody needs to, to fight the battles, and he was the one. You know what? Everybody else departed, but he stayed, and he, he fought. And you know what? After the victory, other people come back and say, wow, what a great victory. And, and others benefited from that. We don't have time to talk about David's trophies. When David uh, won that Goliath's sword in that battle in the Valley of Elah. What a story! Here's this, this giant sword of, of David uh, of uh, Goliath's. Remember, he he was just there with a sling and stones, and Goliath, this big eight to ten foot just monster in the field. When after he killed him with the stone, there wasn't wasn't a a sword in his hand. He took Goliath's sword. Can you imagine how big that thing was? The Bible talks about it. And I don't know that this little guy could could lift it, but here's this teenager taking this giant sword and cuts off Goliath's head with it. Talk about victory. Talk about miraculous. Talk about God getting behind that thing. And the Bible says after that in 1 Samuel uh, 1754, David took the head of the Philistine, brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. I could see David that night with that giant sword, and he's cleaning it. And he's saying, wow, did God do something today or what? I mean, it was just, it was a trophy. And and because of that, he put it in the house of God. He, he, he brought it to the temple. Later on in uh, 1 Samuel 21, verse number 8, when he's running from Saul, it says, David said unto Elimelech, and is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou sleweth in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. He said, hey, we treasure it. It's kind. Of, you, know, you know why it was there in the house of God? It's the only sword that they had. But it was in the, in the tabernacle. It was there where they worshiped because it was like a trophy. I mean, they valued that thing. And you know, after a while, that's what David did, became a habit to store trophies in the house of God of all of the the victories, all the battles that he had later when Jehoiada, the priest, needed to protect little seven-year King Joash. There's a big, long story where Athaliah killed all of the the king's sons and missed uh, this little infant, and they raised him in the temple for seven years, and finally they were about to show him, but this wicked queen would, if she had the ability, if she could, she'd snuff this little guy out, and so they were trying to protect him, and the Bible says the second Chronicle, 23. Moreover, Jehoiada, the priest delivered to the captains of hundreds spears and bucklers and shields that had been David's, which were in the house of God. What? Why, why were there? The, that was their trophy case, folks. It was all the victories, all the blessings that God did in the past. And you know what? They needed some swords. So they passed them out to all the, 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 the priests and the guards. And he said, hey, sh- Stay around this kid. You surround him. Don't let Athaliah in. We need a victory today. And you know what they did? They went back into the, into the past and took the, opened up the trophy case and delivered the swords to everybody. The swords and the shields. They had some protection there. And that day there was victory because of the victories back then. Folks, somebody needs to lay the groundwork. Somebody needs to prepare for future victories. In these cases, like the place that we occupy today, this house of God, victories are prepared by the labor and the the dedication and the effort and the prayers of those who have gone before, some of the forerunners and some of those who have put blood, sweat, and tears into this place. I remember back from the beginning, we we saw rented facilities and storefronts and, and then time of the tent. Man, that was nostalgic. <laughs> I mean, you always look back and say, whoa, wasn't that great? No, actually, it was cold, and it was wet, and it was miserable, especially uh, having church right here in this spot in a circus tent. You know, in November, we went into December. We, had, we met here from, what is it, uh, January or not, Jan- from July, August to December that year as we were getting ready to build man I, that was that was really something i remember faithful people that were that were here some of them are still here today that helped in those times and and labored when folks without those guys wouldn't see any victory today i mean we had what 200 people here in this building um yesterday with that wedding it was a, that was a glory to god and and using the facilities back here and everything we couldn't do that we couldn't do that without those that have sacrificed, faithful members who stuck with a vision of future stability. Just yesterday, I was reading a, a missionary letter. Mike Caldwell, he's in Arkansas. He's one of the uh, uh, graduates of Heartland some years ago, and he's been there about a year and a half. And, and you know, he'd send out, you know, as missionaries do, they send out letters and give the advancements, and, man, this is happening, and we got somebody to join in here. We got something to happen here. And, and Mike, he wrote, wrote in his letter, and I could tell. I know exactly where he came from he says well we had you know put it, uh, our lives into this one family and they've kind of turned against us and 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 bitterly fought us and they left and pulled people out of church and and our attendance, our attendance has been down and and the the building that we're renting renting the facility from they raised the rent and and he's trying to stay positive and he's saying right, well we're back down to 10 or 20 again and i'm going Mike, hang in there. I, I wrote him a little letter. Said, "I know it mirrors the time that I, I know everything that you're talking about, the pl- the positives and the negatives, and the difficulties. Just stick with it because blessings come, but you ha- you have to to pay the price, folks. The building that we occupy here this morning was laid out in painstaking labor of some of God's people, <clears throat> many who have sacrificed and given and worked and prayed. Some are in heaven, and some are even here in this auditorium." This morning, I can remember the three shifts a day of members who committed to give four or five hours after their full work week, after their full work day, they'd, they'd come over here and then they'd you know, put on a work belt and, and nail some nails or do something to, to, to do this because we, we, we had to do that ourselves. We didn't have any money to, to get up a building and so it had to be our own uh, elbow grease. Uh, They took shifts to dig ditches and lay flooring and hang drywall and nail boards and paint walls for over three years. Some wives and children were deprived of family members uh, that they they didn't have time with their dad or whatever because they were working on the building. There were sacrifices. It had to be a a great focus to get this thing done. There was stress, stress and a strife even among members, difficulties taken on so that we could put the labor into... Building a million-dollar facility for a $650,000 loan. Remember, that was what the loan was. It, they called it asset lending. When it's all said and done, it'd be much worth, much more than what we put into it, the only way we could do that. And then the classroom building, when that was built next door, nearly brought us under as the cost of the utility development and completion skyrocketed from started at 98, uh, 985000 dollar project to 1.2 million and 1.7 million and ended up at 2.5 million dollars and we didn't see that coming there was a perfect storm of setbacks and increases and and county you know uh, additions of now we got to do this and now we got to do that and retrofit this building with sprinklers and 2.5 million and but we're in we're in today we're benefiting from the facilities but it took the labor, the commitment, the sacrifice of those who paid the cost before us to lay the groundwork for future victories. But the building and the grounds are just the tip of the iceberg, folks. Individuals and families and couples and and uh, children have all benefited from the consistent sacrifice of saints who have invested into standing for the truth over the years. Desiring a church that clearly proclaims the word of God holds on to the principles and the precepts that are within this book. People that are people of the book, that want a good church, faithful to obey the scriptures, not just mouthing the words. Those who have done the heavy lifting of deciding not to get offended by anything that if it's biblical and if it's insisted on because we revere the word, we obey the word around here. People that have held true to a fidelity to the house of God and support and attendance and service. It takes lives offered on purpose for that kind of thing. Watch those kind of families, the families that commit themselves to, to uh, uh, faithfulness to the Lord and his work. And they're blessed. The ultimate spiritual health of those who put God first in their lives and schedules and finances and attitudes. <clears throat> See, the Bible says that they come out on top. Ecclesiastes 7.18, it's good that thou shouldst take hold of this. Yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand, for he that feareth God, pay attention, folks, he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. They win. They're on top. They, they see victory. He, he ends up on top. It's those who prepare, who lay the groundwork for blessing, who actually see the victory. But, folks, it's always that way. We've got to invest and we've got to labor. We've got to prepare before we see victory. Before we see, but see, somebody needs to lay the groundwork. Somebody needs to do it. We want victory. You got to pay the price. I, for one, I want to see God's richest blessings in my life this year. I'm going for it, folks. I'm going to prepare to see God do some wonderful things. Someone must sacrifice in order to see divine blessing. Now, remember society's condition when Elijah met the people of the day. You know, we started with, you know, the, the end of that story, but this was on Mount Carmel. First Kings chapter 18, verse 21, Elijah came unto all the people and he said, how long halt ye between two opinions? You remember they're in apostasy. They're, they're far away from God. They're not following God. They've got idolatry everywhere. And he says, hey guys, what's going on? Pay attention. Wake up. How long are you halting between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal, Then follow him. And the people didn't say, good advice, let's follow. No, no, they answered him, not a word. Then there was, folks, you remember this was after three and a half years of God preparing their hearts, God softening them, a a, a, a drought to bringing them to their knees. You see, that was the condition that that, uh, Elijah met them in. He prepared. He labored. He prayed. When the people were, they drifted. But that's that's a human condition, folks. That's our condition. We kind of just drift. Sometimes we drift away. We don't even notice ourselves going. Some of you would never be in the place that you're in today, because you're drifting. You're drifting. You know, you don't remember that it was not too long ago that you were hot for the Lord. I mean, you were there and you understood. You you had clarity in your life. And today, you kind of like you're drifting. You know what happened to our our teenagers at uh, team teen camp? They were asked to write a letter to themselves. You know, after all the the, the five days of camp, where they're you know at first you know there's just a, a cleaning out of things where where you know God begins to get a hold of a person. And the second day they're they're reeling from the the, the uh uh um withdrawals because they don't have their phone and their friends back home and everything else. And then the, the third day comes and the word of God begins to get there and and then by the, the fourth day they begin to listen to God and by the fifth day they're they're committed and they they know they're close to God and they know what they want to do. They know what they want to do to their with their lives. And you know what? The 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 leadership has the the teens to write themselves a letter. And it's just you talking to you because we drift and to give yourself some advice. I remember doing that when I was a a teenager. When I went to my first teen camp, I wrote myself a letter. And then six months later, I get the letter, and what's this? It's from me, (laughs) to me. Yeah, I remember uh, writing that, and I opened it up, and I really didn't. And I'd read it, and I I remember how close I was to God back then. What What happened? What happened? What happened? You just drift. Just drift, hey folks. These folks in in Elijah's day, they, the people drifted. They failed. They checked out of even being in the game of contending with the apostasy anymore. The people answered him not a word. They 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 wandered from the truth. They halted between good and bad. They didn't they didn't know which way to go. But they were revived, folks. They were revived. First 1 Kings eighteen thirty nine. When the people saw it, this is fire coming down from heaven after God come through with a, with a victory, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God. There is no more question. See, somebody needed to lay the groundwork back then. Somebody needs to lay the groundwork for your uh, renewal, for this church. We're going to have to do it, folks. You got to understand that this victory, like most any, just doesn't just happen There's much bold proclamation, preparation of hearts and prayer before the rains come, before the blessings fall. This is going to take our on-purpose commitment, choice, preparation to see God's blessings this year. I'll go ahead and lead the charge. How about you? How about commitment and sacrifice? Let's do it, folks. Let's prepare for God's blessings this year. If you're here and you're you're lost, you're unsaved, let me ask you something. Has, Has God been preparing your heart? Have you been have you been kind of noticing that there's an unrest inside when you hear the word of god and you know you're undone you know that you're not right you're not ready to face him and you hear the truth of the word of god when jesus said you must be born again If you're not born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. You're not going to make it. You need that. And it's more than just coming to church. It's more than just uh, reading your Bible. you got to have a relationship with God. And the Spirit of God is working. Listen, he's preparing your heart right now. Say yes to him. Say yes to him. you got to get saved before it's too late. For believers here today, remember, without the preparation of sacrifice, there will be no divine victory. Somebody, somebody, somebody has to prepare for a divine harvest. Somebody has to labor and proclaim and stay true and and pray. We'll close with our text verse, 1 Kings 18, 42. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. (laughs) But then it goes, the picture goes to Elijah. Elijah, the Bible says, cast himself down upon the earth. Put his face between his knees. Everybody else went to go party, but Elijah he had some work to do, he had some preparation for the great rains to come, the blessings to come. See, somebody had to prepare for victory. Will God use you this year? Oh, God, give us victory. Lord, we pray.